Welcome to Badgedamia, a podcast so educational two professors could be hosting it. Hi, I'm Dr. Danielle Dickenview, and joining me is Dr. Bill Pennyman. Welcome to Bachadamia. Today is an exciting and wacky episode of Bachadamia. We have our favorite standing co-host, Kim Hanna, with us um, taking over for Bill today. And we have a special guest with us, Emily Jensen. Emily is a family friend. She's besties with my little sister, Nicole. She is someone that I have secretly admired for years. She's so charismatic, funny, bold, smart, and she's an amazing mom out of four beautiful girls, and she married my childhood friend, Dan. And so I'm so excited to get her hot takes on The Bachelor, because that's what we need to know. So Emily, is there anything that you would like to share with us about yourself? Well, first off, thank you for that introduction. I think... Uh... I think I'll need you to come introduce me at all my parties. Um, and then I, another thing, like you kept saying uh, during the introduction, I was thinking, you know, say you were born and raised in a small Iowa town without saying you were born and raised in a small Iowa town. You know, I'm best friends with Danielle's little sister, Nicole, and I married her childhood friend. So uh, yep. Yep. Uh, one thing that I want uh people to know is that I am a bachelor virgin. This is my very first season of bachelor and also my very first any for, foray into um, reality TV of any kind. Whoa. So what got you That's watching? Big. So you okay. started watching at the start of the season though. Right. I did a hundred percent. I started watching this season. Um, so I think we all know some women for that that <laughs> watching reality TV is like one of their personality types, right? And I just didn't think that I fit into that world. Um, but then I have a really cool friend and she just moved here and she was like, I watch The Bachelor, we make boba and we eat sushi and we just watch The Bachelor and I was like, yeah, I don't know if I can do it. And she was like, listen, The Bachelor is the first African-American Bachelor. And I was like, okay, never mind, I'm in. Because I have a type, and it's tall, dark, and handsome. And um, even though I've been happily married for 15 years, I definitely have a type. <laughs> and, um, and now I'm a little addicted. Now I really, I get it. I get the appeal. Well, you are in a safe space. Last season was my first <laughs> Uh, foray. So we're both relative newbies. So you're in a good place. Thank you. So my sister-in-law is who Brianna, she was on a few weeks ago as our guest and she is one of the smartest people I know. She has like multiple Ivy League degrees. She's like wicked smart y'all. And she like watched The Bachelor just for the show um, so that she could come onto the podcast, and then she would like she has she has made a deep dive into it. She's like watching past seasons now, and she's like sending me all these texts about it. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you have to like you have to like suspend your disbelief, right? It's kind of like watching yeah. WWE wrestling or like a magic show that. That's the appeal. The appeal is trying to figure out what's real 
what people's real emotions are and, and what's man- emotional manipulation by the producers. Mm-hmm. And, but that's the fun is trying to figure it out. Well, and I will say I tried to watch the Chris Souls season because he was from Iowa and I couldn't even make it to his season. So I don't know if it's because we have so little else to do right now. There's like, yeah, Bachelor, woohoo, or what? But man, I'm all in on this season and it has been a wild ride of crazy. It has been. And, you know, I will also say that there is a long history of you know, taking things that women often like, like romance novels, you know, entertainment that's geared towards women, or, you know, we even do this in the business world with, you know, like, um, multi-labor marketing, right? There's things that are geared towards women that we oftentimes, we have a habit as a culture of writing off as not as important, not as high quality, not as we're talking about. And so, you know, I'll just like throw that out there. But, okay, so each episode, we're so excited to have you, Emily, and I'm so excited to have Kim as my co-host today. Um, of course, I miss you, Bill. Bye, bye, Bill. I hope you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bill's never coming back. I'm taking over now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bill. Um, anyway, so um, I feel like I should move us along. So each episode, we start with a question. And the question's inspired by this week's episode. They're doing hometowns. If you were to plan an Iowa hometown date, like what would you do? Take me on this date. <laughs> For those of you that are listening, uh, Kim just changed her background. Kim, tell us what we're seeing here. So I thought about this. So behind me is the Iowa State Fair. I'm from a small central Iowa town where, and my parents don't live there anymore, and they haven't lived there since I was a junior in high school. So it wouldn't really make sense to take my date to my hometown because none of my friends live there anymore. My parents don't live there anymore. Um, and where they live now means nothing to me. I mean, it's a nice town, but it means nothing to me. So I thought about Des Moines as where I would like do my hometown because we went to Des Moines a lot. And so I, and I love the Iowa State Fair. I think it's a hot mess, I love, okay, I say this phrase a lot, but I think it's a hot mess of crazy, both literally and figuratively. It's always 180 degrees out. The people watching is phenomenal. I once saw a guy on a motorized scooter hooked up to oxygen smoking. And I was like, that's the Iowa State Fair right there. Um, So I would definitely do the Iowa State Fair. I would do, I would take them to um, Court Ave and do, um, I love Fong's Pizza. I love the original Fong's Pizza in downtown Des Moines. We'd do Fong's Pizza. Um, We would go to the farmer's market because the farmer's market is phenomenal. Um, We'd go to an Iowa Cubs baseball game because that's a rite of passage every summer. I try to, except for last year, I try to go to an Iowa Cubs game every year. So my hometown would be all outside. It would be all Des Moines. Awesome. I love it. Capital tour. So we can judge what they're doing right now. Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's wonderful. So uh, I was thinking, yeah, I've thought a lot about this, just so you guys know. Um, Because I imagine myself to be on The Bachelor someday, which is ridiculous because I'm married. Um, but, and you know, like if, if saggy and stretchy ever comes into fashion, like watch out, I'm going to be on the back winning that thing. Um, anyway, I like, I like the show 
but it's also like love in a vacuum. Like anyone can be charming when you have a stylist and you have like a production crew and you've got like a million dollar budget. So I want to see, I want to see Matt lost with no Wi-Fi. I want to see him like putting together an Ikea shelf with no directions. And I want to, I want to like split a two for 20 at Applebee's with the man and then like sneeze and then like give birth to a jellyfish because I'm on my period and he has to run next door to CVS and like choose between pads and tampons and then like sneak them into me in the bathroom. Like I want real love, right? I and love so, that. So part of me is like, um, we should do something that gets you out of the vacuum. Of, yeah. of the show and see how he reacts to real life situations because it's not just about like getting that rose and and staying but you're also trying to decide whether you want this man to be in your life and so mm -hmm. I want to know who he really is so I was thinking um for I would pick a date that would kind of simulate like a real life experience so I want to do something like uniquely Iowan um I want to have him sh like shuck some sweet corn Right? I mean, everyone's got to learn how to do that. And if you date and marry an Iowa, oh, an Iowa girl, then I'm sorry, you're going to have sweet corn once yep. a week. Okay. Then I'm thinking like, maybe we have like a backyard barbecue and you meet all the friends and the family and we play cornhole and we order some Casey's taco pizza with ranch. And we finish it all off with a, with a scotcheroo, just like a big old slab of scotcheroo. And then, um, and then I was thinking like, what's a great experience to follow binging on Iowan food. And I thought that would be like a hike, um, at the high trestle trail. Oh yeah. At nighttime, you know, take mm -hmm. pictures for social, social media and canoodle. So mm -hmm. yes. That's, that's what I'm thinking, you know, if I ever, if I ever get on The Bachelor. <laughs> I love it. Y'all's dates are actually great dates. Like, this is like mine. I was like, Iowa hometown date. What am I going to do? I was like, oh, we got to go to the Jordan Creek Mall. We're going to eat some zombie <laughs> burger. And then I'm going to have him wait outside of Sephora while I give me some goodies. Right? Um, or I was trying to think of, you know, like real, like small town Iowa you know, the, the town that I grew up in was really known for our big um, rodeo. So maybe I take them on the rodeo and we go drive some gravel roads. Um, and so, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe play some pranks, you know, on some people, you know, put some bales of hay in front of their door or something. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I, I do think that they could have gotten... I'll let you speak to this. Yeah. Before we jump into this. But Kim, they could have gotten more creative with these days. Oh my God. It was the, like last season. I mean, clearly they put the interns to work last season and they came up with some creative, adorable <laughs> hometowns at the La Quinta. And, and this, it's like, did they even try? Like none of them were creative. None of them were really creative. You could you could bike in any you can bike in any hometown. You can jump out of a plane in any town. You can go off roading in any town. There was the only thing that was more specific was um, Serena's and and it's like we just bought a bunch of Canadian flags and we had the chef make a bunch of like the most calorie rich foods in the Canadian diet so that you can eat. So that I did notice she ate and they never eat 
on The Bachelor, but she ate that stuff, so good job, Serena. But it was just like, <laughs> there, there was no effort put into the hometowns this time around. Maybe they're tired, COVID burnout. <laughs> okay, so if you had one word to describe this episode, give it to me. So for me, I would say anxiety, but that's only because that's my word every day. You know, that's my constant state of emotion. And, and the re but the reason I say anxiety was, was because again, I was trying to figure out like what's real and what is the producers and light background music and what, it, what is real here. And I think he really does vibe with Michelle. You can kind of tell. Um, and I mean, not to like spoil it for everybody, but I think Matt has a definite tell. Like when he's uncomfortable and when he is not liking what he is hearing or he runs his tongue across the top of his teeth. Oh. And if you watch, if you watch for it, you'll see it when he's uncomfortable. And then also he says these things too, where they're like pouring out their heart. They're like, I'm, I'm, I think I'm falling in love with you, Matt. And he's like, well, thank you for saying that to me. Thank you for sharing that with me. And I'm like, um, hello. <laughs> like, give me a little something here. So, um, it, I, I just feel like it's a little bit anxious experience to like imagine you have to meet someone's parents. Like, I've done it a couple of times in my life. It's so nerve wracking. Now, imagine you have to meet four people's people. That's oh, mm -hmm. gross. That's yeah. good. My word is it's more than a word. Um, my word is Brie, question mark, because I totally didn't know who she was when they showed the four of them sitting on the couch at the beginning of the episode. I didn't remember her name. I remember sitting there going, I have no idea who that is. And, and then like when they brought, when they had their date and she, she said, remember when you tried to kill me? And I went, oh yeah, that was Brie. We haven't heard from Brie since they're like, since week two and then she's just kind of I feel like she's the Ed of this season where they kind of forgot about her and then all of a sudden she's in the finals and I think yeah. she probably would have gone home right are we all kind of on the same page with that yeah. she probably would have gone home if it weren't for Kit. Serena or Kit self-eliminating I think if Kit hadn't self-eliminated yeah she would have gone home yeah, um, I'm trying to think of what my word would probably be scrappy. I feel like he got scrappy. He's like, oh, I don't want Serena to go. Let's get a little scrappy here and see if I can hold on. And it didn't work, and I'm interested to see where that goes. We're, like, spoiling it. We're, we're going all over the place today. We're spoiling. You shouldn't listen to this unless you've seen the episode. I'm blaming you, listener. <laughs> I, I feel like I, I have a little I'm feeling squirrely today. Oh, my. All right. So the episode starts with a scene that we have seen about a million times, which is Matt James exercising. I think that, you know, like how when you're little and you go to the library and there's a jar of jelly beans and everyone guesses how many jelly beans are in there. I feel like we should do like a version of how many hours of B-roll did they get of Matt exercising? And let's be honest, if you're going to show him exercising, show him, objectify him like you objectify the women and show him getting in and out of a pool every episode. 
I don't need a speedo, but like show him like emerging with his pecs out of the pool, like like the little mermaid on the rock and call it good. Yes, Kim, I'm here for a reason, right? Like let's I need more of that. Yeah. And I think it's only fair. I think it's only fair we objectify men. It makes it it makes us somehow a little more equal. They are objectifying the women the entire season. Objectify him every once in a while. They did objectify the men and the bachelorette more than we needed. Um, but let's let's even it out a little bit. Yeah, screw getting rid of objectification. We'll just like we'll amp it up, give it maybe hand it out to everyone. Not a reasonable. <laughs> no, maybe that's not a reasonable goal. I mean, we're looking at centuries of objectification that needs to be overturned. So I think it's okay that we show a little in in 2020, 2021, based on centuries of treatment. I, I support this. I support this approach. <laughs> so, um, Chris lets the remaining girls there know that um, they're going to have some guests and that their family is going to be there. And many of them get incredibly emotional um, when they find out that they're going to see, you know, their parent or a friend or their sister. Um, thoughts about this? Meh. You know, I mean, what did they think was going to happen? <laughs> Well, I, I don't, I was just kind of, I don't know if it's the isolation. I know that they are, you know, the isolation of everything, but you know, to, they were so emotional and I think it's sweet because it shows that they care and they want to see them, but it, it also surprised me just a little bit. I, so I'll say my parents were supposed to come up last Sunday and this was going to be the first time I had seen them since early December because we didn't. I'd seen my dad in December. I hadn't, oh no, I saw them in person because I did a sneak like driveway visit for Christmas, before Christmas. But I haven't seen my parents since early December and we got a snowstorm, weird. They didn't come up and my mom was super emotional about it. And so I kind of get where mm -hmm. here, like if you don't see somebody for a few months, it, and I don't think they have access to be able to to Zoom or Skype their family. So they really haven't seen their family in a couple of months. So I, I get it more now than I would have previous to all this. Absolutely. So the first um, family that we get to visit is Michelle. So we see Michelle, they, they go on their date first, they show up and they're wearing like identical matching outfits, like these periwinkle like shirts. Yeah. It was like stunning. Um, I loved and it. I think his jeans were a little too tight to bike in. Definitely, definitely. You know, I was just talking with my husband Ryan about you know how I need to now start parting my hair, I guess, in the middle. And um, <laughs> look at you on trend. <laughs> and like I, you know, for me, I love skinny jeans. Um, as long as the amount of spandex is put into jeans as there currently are, I, I will wear them. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> so when I was telling him though, I was like, I think as women's jeans are starting to get wider, men's jeans are getting tighter and tighter. So true. That's Which like is unnecessary. Revelation. Are they just trying to like 
balance out the amount of gene material in the world, right? Like, oh, well, we're using so much material on these wide leg jeans for women that we got to take a little of it from the men. The denim lobby is hard at work making sure that they don't lose any money as the fashion changes. Fashion changes. <laughs> um, so they, they go on a bike ride. I didn't find any of that all that eventful, but then they moved to, the, to this classroom where um, her students are invited in on, on their little Zoom screens and they come in hot with some questions. Um, thoughts about this? Anything that surprised you? Well, I loved that this was her date choice because this is a huge part of who she is and it's why I like her. She yep. seems to be a very down to earth, Midwestern style girl. This is, you know, she's a teacher and it seems to me like teachers are just unflappable, right? So she kind of has an edge, no flaps, right? Cause she just has, she just can kind of roll with whatever happens. And those kids, I mean, their parents must've been bachelor fans because That's they, what were, I thought they too. were asking <laughs> some questions, you know? And I thought Matt's answers were kind of mm -hmm. just kind of lackluster and almost like politics right like just like vague but positive <laughs> and I just impression that he's comfortable with kids period because he was when when um Brie, Brie question marks little sister who I was expecting to be like 12 and was maybe 12 weeks um was there he was kind of uncomfortable around the baby too so maybe he's yeah. just not which is interesting because he does, I think, a lot of volunteer work and outreach work with children. Um, but I noticed the same thing about the questions. I felt like the question, like he get answered and I thought it was cute when they asked about the first kiss and he was like, we held hands and this is like, I appreciated that answer, but I was kind of, the one that really bummed me out a little bit is they're like, well, what have you learned from her the most? And he was like, I've learned how to be open. And I was like, no, nah, you got to be specific. Like, you know, you got to make that answer meaningful and to kind of offer this vague description that you could tack on. Oh, they taught me to be open-minded. feels like it's not specific enough if you want that person to be your person. I guess that's my thought. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I don't know that we saw her teach him to be open-minded. Maybe that happened off camera, but I don't remember any deep dive conversations between the two of them. Yeah, I, I agreed. I was a little bummed about that because then I was like, oh, I want them to have a connection. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like disappointed by that answer. But um, so, you know, Michelle does go on to say that she's like falling in love with Matt, um, with the family, things things go pretty well. I think she tells her mom that she's ready for an engagement. And then she does tell Matt that she's falling in love with him. So any reflections on um, their interactions with her family? That so love? I'm sorry, Emily, go ahead. I was just going to say, so at one point he said, the attraction to Michelle is undeniable. And I feel like that. I feel like Michelle's my the horse I am backing. I just feel good about her. Mm -hmm. um, Rachel's a little problematic. And, um, you know, Brie, 
and Serena. I just don't know if it's there. So um, Rachel's my my girl. Nope, sorry. Oh. Michelle's my girl. Don't screw me up. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, 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 Michelle. See, I've finally gotten to the point where I know them, right? Now we're down to like five women, four women. Now I'm like, okay, I know her. Um, so I think she's just genuine and she's down to earth. And her parents were very much the same. And she comes from a mixed race family. So she has a very, she has some similar backgrounds of growing up in a white community as a mixed race child, just like Matt. And so I think that was a connection that they, that they feel. Um, and then, you know, I love that her parents, they were so concerned for her, um, about him still dating other women at this point. And I was like, yeah, that's the premise of the show. Uh, but I thought it was so sweet that they were, that they said, you know, this is her choice and we trust her to make the right decision. And so I just thought it was nice to see a normal, mm -hmm. a normal human interaction, normal human feelings in the midst of this kind of reality chaos. Absolutely. I her dad. I thought he was the sweetest, nicest, tallest person on the planet. And I love that they played basketball at the end, like family basketball out on the driveway. It's very father of the bride to me. I loved it. I love that. So I think that we're all like huge Matt and Michelle fans. Um, so uh, this is my thing. So I think I'm, I'm still harboring Victoria's soul maybe so um I really like Michelle but like there's got to be something wrong with her is there anything wrong with her can we find something wrong <laughs> well having formerly lived in the Twin Cities I'm always leery of anyone from Edina so that might be what's wrong with her <laughs> oh that's so funny I was I I do feel like i I really like her, but we also haven't gotten to know her the same. Like, she hasn't been on as much um, because she did come in a little bit later. Um, but I so also feel like we don't know any of them very well because so much time was spent on the Mean Girls that yes. we didn't know any of them. Absolutely. And there were, like... Or Victoria's bra was every episode, but I can't tell you <laughs> anything about Brie or Serena. But that's because there was also like 50 girls that's true. <laughs> this season. It was wild. Um, so the next, the next um, family date is with Rachel. And they start out the date with skydiving. Um, after they, they start to skydive um, in the air, she lets us know that she's falling for Matt, which I think we already kind of know. But then she ends up like, crashy like burns hard um let's talk about that moment was that the tandem jumpers first jump out of a plane ever like I don't think he did anything right and I've seen a couple memes where it was like the produce I mean and this I'm sure they filmed this way before everything has come out but it's very much like the producers made the the tandem jumper to like drop her as hard <laughs> as they could but I don't think they I don't think it's possible because I think this was filmed way before everything came out about her. But I also saw a meme where the producers edited it to look like she was driving the car just like, um, um, what's her face and get out the, the, Heather. 
friend in Get Out and looking at him like, because I've seen a lot of Get Out memes about Rachel and her family and Matt James, which I am all in for. I love it. But uh, I don't know if there's like shady editing hap sneakily happening now or what's going on. But I, I was, that was a weird date. And then she was like broken and still had to go see her parents. Yeah. Um, when she was bounced off the ground and she popped up looking perfect, I was like, what kind of, what the hell kind of makeup does that girl have on? Like perfection. Yeah. And, and so m minus the fact that Rachel is problematic and, and we all know why at this point, but uh, she just, I just have a bad taste in my mouth about her. Her date was like, let me drive this uh, you know, outdoorsy kind of vehicle and you're blindfolded. And then guess where we're at skydiving. And it just reminds me of me. She's young when she, you know, she's young. And when I was young and I was dating in my early twenties, I made choices based upon what I thought men wanted from me, mm -hmm. not what I wanted. And that's the vibe I get from her is mm -hmm. she's trying to be this girl, this perfect girl. And uh, and maybe that's why I just don't like her. I feel like it's not authentic. I feel like she's not a genuine person. I, I just want to say that that also explains why she recovers from that fall better than I would have. Like, <laughs> I'm like sitting there. It's, it's that she's young. Y'all yeah. like I'm sitting there and I'm like, Oh, my back. I'd be like broken. And, and I'm like, Oh yeah, she's like 20. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I think besides Kit, she's the youngest person on the show. Yeah. I don't think your bones are fully formed yet at 24. So it's just kind of rubbery <laughs> and you just kind of bounce off the ground. You're just like Gumby at that point. <laughs> I turned my head wrong and I can't move for four days. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what she's dealing with right now. I, I do think that her that we're all like a little bit of mean girls because I think there was like this collective like catharsis and like watching her crash and burn from like all bachelor fans in that moment. Um, it was, it was like a, our redemption moment. <laughs> um, so they go um, to meet her family and she's like covered in bruises, but then covered in makeup so that she can see her family. And Matt tells the family that he's falling in love with her, which I think is interesting because I'm not sure that, did we hear that? Did he say that to any other of the families? No. And I think like that's, I don't know. There's a lot of engagement talk too. Um, so tell me a little bit about like, what, what was you all thought about this family interaction and things like that? Was, was her family what you thought they were going to be? For me? No, no way. I guess I see Rachel as like a polished kind of person. And her dad said several things that were very kind of lowbrow in my opinion. And just, they just came off different, different than I thought. Uh, that they would be more down to earth, more um, middle class, lower middle class, you know, regular old everyday people. And I was surprised by that. Mm -hmm. And her dad asked some tough questions, like he pressed him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you, Kim? I wasn't, I uh, now granted, I might have zoned out a little bit because I have such a negative attitude about her that I don't 
I don't really care about her at this point, and I, I'm really disappointed if she is who he chooses. Um, but I I just kind of remember being surprised. I kind of had the same impression. Like I don't like I don't think they're happy that she's made it this far and that this is who she might bring home. Um, but I also all I could think about was how much pain she must be in and how many drugs she must be on and why they're making her do this after she slammed into the ground four hours earlier. Um, and that she kind of laughed it off with her parents too, like, oh, I had a little mishap. Like, no, you had a big mishap. Like, that's you probably should be at the hospital, like getting checked out. So I I just wasn't super impressed with her family portion of the, the date. Yeah, I found her, I don't know what I imagined her family to be like, but this wasn't quite it. And I think that maybe some of the things that you all are speaking to are starting to help me maybe articulate what it was that I was surprised by. Um, and, um, you know, I, you know, one thing that really struck me was there was all this conversation about engagement and that she really had this expectation that Matt would ask her father for her hand in marriage at this meeting. And and I, what did you all think about that? I have a little extra credit, but it's sort of. So like, I wanna know you all's thoughts first. So I have no expectations for that going in. This is my first experience with hometown. So I didn't know if that was expected or or if it was, or if it's something that all bachelors do, like ask the final three or, so I had no real expectations. I wasn't, a, it seems odd to me that someone would ask for their father's hand in marriage when they're still dating four other women or three other women. That just seemed odd to me that that expectation was there. I hate that question, period. I don't think that you should have to ask your girlfriend's dad or mom permission or okay to, to marry their, their daughter. They're, she's 24 years old, she's a grown ass woman. She can make her own decision. Um, so I hate that question period. So I wasn't super, um, I don't, and again, I don't think he should ask when he's still dating three other women. I think if she makes, when she makes it to the final two, maybe then you make a phone call and say, hey, I'm like, this is what's happening. I would like your, I would like your excitement. I would like to know you're excited about this marriage. Um, but uh, I don't like that question. Perfectly yeah. said, Kim, perfectly said. Well, and I, you know, I do think that that, you know, um, part of my extra credit um, is that, you know, there is this long sort of history with marriage in terms of, you know, ownership and the role of, you know, why is it that that happens with women and not with men and who owns who and whose stuff is whose. And um, what I kind of want to point out is that even though laws, right, have been in place for a long time that have sort of gotten rid of those expectations, that we do have these leftover rituals in our culture that remain, that are sort of the remnants of a time where like you had to, you know, like you were kind of 
someone else's property until then you became your husband's property. And so, um, so even sometimes when we change policies, when we change laws, we still have these like leftover rituals that are remnants of that. And so I, I just wanted to bring that up. Um, <laughs> you know, as, as a feminist, I really hate this ritual as a mother. <laughs> I'm, you know, I have two, two small kids, like as a mom, what I, I like the idea of someone telling me what their intentions are or for like bringing me in to, Hey, we're imagining this future together and we just we want you to be part of that i think like i appreciate that idea but that's different than like asking for permission or a hands in marriage it's mm -hmm. like a we're going to we're going to be a family together and and so because of that we want to sort of share with you what we are imagining our future to be feels a little bit different to me. But like as a parent, there is like a little part of me that's like, I like want to rework this ritual, but like, could you like give me a heads up a little? <laughs> so I don't know. That's my yeah. extra credit for today. So thoughts about Matt and Rachel. Do you think, do you think that they are going to be it at the end? I hope not. I hope not to. I think based on his beard for the previews for next week's episode, I think he's single because I don't think, I don't <laughs> think engaged men look like that. <laughs> I think it, times are tough if that beard is a thing. Times are tough. All right, so let's let's talk about Bree. So after um, Rachel has her family date, Bree um, and Matt go off roading. They then meet her, her mom, her best friend, and like, like you said, her sister, who is pretty young. Yeah. Um, he tells it, um, the family that his connection with Bree is different than with the other girls, which I thought was really interesting and that he's falling for her. Um, and then Bree admits that she's falling in love with him. Um, so thoughts about this, these interactions, um, I had very similar, I had very similar feelings as, as Kim in that when I saw Brie in this episode, I was like, wait, who's Brie? I literally had her confused with like three or four other women. And because I did not remember this special connection that they had, like when he said that, I was like, wait, who? Brie who? Uh, you know, uh, I liked her choice, which was just a picnic, right? Picnic by the horses. I was like, you can't talk while you're skydiving, right? But you can ch get to know someone and vibe with someone while you have a picnic and watch some wild horses or whatever that crap was. That was pretty cool. Um, and then I thought it was, they were both raised by single moms. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was kind of a cool thing that kind of solidified them. Mm -hmm. And um, And just like Kim said earlier, they showed up at this date. He had a giant teddy bear. Did you guys remember that? I didn't know if it was for the mom, if it was for the baby, but I thought that was kind of nice. He didn't, he didn't bring anything else to any other family. And, um, and then Brie, she expressed some concern at that picnic that it, 
that her relationship, the people that were coming for her were, were going to be a non-conventional family. And they had kind of that bond there where, you know, their families aren't conventional, but they're perfect the way that they are. But just like Kim said, he seems super uncomfortable with that baby. And that wasn't a great sign for me. Mm-hmm. And that was a pretty chill baby. Yeah. Also, Bree, I think one of the reasons why he doesn't have the same connection with Bree as he has to the other girls is because they're romantic. And Bree is a realist. And she has said that and her par- and her mom said that as well. You know, she, if she's uncomfortable, she's telling you. If she doesn't like how things are, she's telling you. And so there was, I, I like that about her. She seems uh, really down to earth in a way because she's more real in this kind of cra- crazy bachelor chaos. Mm-hmm. Which is probably why we don't know her because she didn't, she was too normal. So she wasn't on camera enough. Yep. Absolutely. Because I, I really like her when we do get glimpses of her. But you also feel that, like, she's really anxious and maybe holding back just a little bit or more pri- or maybe more private. Um, and I understand that and I empathize with that. But you also, like, worry about how, in the context of the situation and the show, how that may not work to her advantage. Yeah, and I really appreciated her mom's talk with Matt. I thought that was a great com Hey, her mom should be the next bachelorette. Her mom looks amazing. <laughs> and her just like her mom was very real with him. Like they don't really know that this is what will be the best for Bree. So I liked I liked her. I liked her a lot. I love the mom. I was raised by a single mom. You almost never know what's going to come out of a single mom's mouth, right? Because they've been both mom and dad and protector. And, uh, you know, there's just something that unconventional about a single mom. You just don't know. And uh, so I was nervous during that whole interaction because I was like, she could say some crazy stuff. She could say, I don't think this is right. I think you need to leave her alone for her own good. Uh, But I think it went, I mean, I think it went well. But I definitely, Brie was the one where she was like, I think I'm falling for you. And he said, thank you for sharing that with me. And I was like, oh, that's like, oh, stab, dagger to the heart, rude. Yeah. Well, and I I have read that in their contract, the leads, that they can't, I don't think, he can't say I love you back, right? But... There are other ways that non-verbally, yeah. he could have said thank you. Like, you know, like, you know, you don't want to be like, I'm falling for you. Way to go, champ. Right. Like. <laughs> you could say so much else. You know, you could say, I feel the same. You yeah, could say, say, ditto, I, a wink. Yeah. I Let's feel sneak off to the woods for a while. <laughs> Kiss her, something. It was a little, it just felt a little off. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about, speaking of a little off, let's talk about Serena. So um, <laughs> they go on their, they, their Canadian date. So I had to laugh so hard about this. So for Valentine's Day, I got my husband. We're so, we love to travel. It's something that like connects us. And when we travel, one of our favorite things is just to eat food <laughs> in the places that we're at. And so for Valentine's Day, I got him 
this like snack subscription that's supposed to be like from all around the world so you can try different snacks and there's like you know you get like a little sheet with snack facts about like different the the country and then like you can listen to a spotify playlist from like the country and all this stuff and i was like so excited about it i was like surprise me with the country like surprise me and we got canada and like the like the the first two snacks are like laced potato chips and ripples you know like <laughs> and i mean they are flavors that you can't get in the u.s and they were good but like we were just like laughing so hard about like this exotic snack pack that we got so then like they go on this date and it's like canadian and oh my gosh, when he says that he thinks that a toboggan is a hat, I just about like peed myself. So like, I have um, an update on that because I was listening to Rachel and Becca's podcast because uh -huh. they um, this morning, and I guess that there is actually a hat in the in the black community called a toboggan hat um, because it's a hat you wear when you're on a sled. So they oh. just called it. So in Matt's defense, because because Rachel was like, oh no, this is real. This is the thing. So, but I also thought it was funny because I didn't know that. I was like, that's, that's a sled, not a hat. It's <laughs> really wonderful. I love that it actually is a hat. And it's such a fun word, toboggan. Mm -hmm. Like it's a fun word to say. Like I, so like the idea that there's a hat called a toboggan is like very whimsical. I like it. <laughs> um, so I like how playful they are together. Um, I think our family is beautiful. Um, what do you all think? Like, break down. Tell me what happens on this date for y'all. So for me, I think Serena is so sweet, but really guarded. And I thought it said a lot about her personality that her idea of fun was like a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, but it might have been my favorite date. Like at first I was like, okay, Serena. Um, but, but it might have been my favorite date because when they were playing hockey together, I think we saw a genuine match. I think we saw a genuine connection, but I feel like it could have been more fr friendly than romantic. Uh, but I, I, I just really like Serena. She seems comfortable. She, um, she's quiet but also pretty assertive you know she said when they did the tantric yoga she had no qualms about being like hey that wasn't for me i was uncomfortable yeah and i applauded that i thought that was pretty cool of her to to really just stick up for herself and be like no you know what it wasn't fun it wasn't sexy it was uncomfortable and i think any other girl on that show at that time would have just gone with it yeah. so i like her so I'm going to sneak in my idea for a, a, a roll-off show off of The Bachelor based on conversations that Serena had last, a couple of them had last night with their parents. I think they should do a, a, a one-off show where they bring in all of The Bachelorette girls and the ex that caused them the trauma that they can't get over that then makes them apply to be on The Bachelorette the bachelor and they have like a they have to have a deep like 
deep dive, this is why you're toxic for me, this is why I'm toxic for you, conversation, and then it kind of goes into, I called it with Bill, I said, it's like a last call suite. So instead of a fantasy suite, you decide like, we do we wanna work on this and try again, or are you dead to me and I curse you and all of your family? And that is, because so many of these girls and women in general have like that one ex that caused so much trauma that kind of changes how they date anyone after them. And so I think it would be entertaining slash horrifying to watch them resolve it in a reality show. I love it. They, I'd watch it. You can call me, I'll executive produce, I'll, I, can, <laughs> I can bring someone myself, you know, like let's do this, so. <laughs> <laughs> we can make this happen. We'll, ha we'll, we'll test out. We'll do a pilot on the podcast. We'll <laughs> Kim. I love it. Oh, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I think we could learn a lot to see how they work through that negotiation or don't, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so he does end up going, you know, he kind of goes back to Serena and I like it this moment when they're on the couch and he's like, I knew that you're, you're slower with things. And that's why I've given you more time than the other girls. And I think I kind of forgotten that. And what I appreciate, it made me appreciate Matt and that he was recognizing what some of the women needed. And he was trying to meet that, that need the best he could given the situation that they're in. And so I, I really appreciated that moment um, man, witnessing breakups, like, it's hard. I think Matt appreciates the chase with Serena. And I also feel like she had just a mature outlook on life and a mature attitude. And I think she wanted to do The Bachelor. She thought this was a great person and a good opportunity for her. But then she got into it, I think, and realized this is not sustainable. Like mm -hmm. this love vacuum is not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And I like when Matt, when she said her piece and she was very mature about it and it looked like to me that she wasn't prepared. She hadn't prepared anything, but she'd definitely been thinking about it and she was very mature and she let him know that, that her feelings were not the same as his. Um, and then he got emotional and I was like, a psychopath because I was like yes I want to see him cry because because all the girls all this all of these episodes these girls are crying and crying and crying for him and I wanted him to show genuine emotion about these last remaining women mm -hmm. so that it feels real and and so him being choked up and when Serena and him had that conversation that was a real moment for me where I was like okay he is capable of real human emotion. Some of this is emotional manipulation by producers. And some of this is he's really here trying to find someone to be with. And I, I liked that, that moment. I love that she walked him out to his car on his show. <laughs> yes, queen. <laughs> Absolutely. Can I walk you out on your own show? Let's go. <laughs> so they go to the rose ceremony after this right i i love that too that like she walked him out it's like a lovely reversal 
in the way that the show works. But then we go to this rose ceremony and the girls recognize that Serena isn't there and that you can just feel them like have this like collective deep breath when they realize that all of them are going to get the rose. Um, he gives this big speech um, before the rose ceremony sort of saying, hey, like, look at this is real. You got to be committed. Um, I guess thoughts about who will end up at the end. Any thoughts about what if we've gotten anything? <laughs> I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but I think we're going to be down to Michelle and Rachel. And then I, I don't know. And I will not speculate, but I, I it's going to be dramatic. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I, I thought that I liked Bree's dress the best, um, <laughs> but I just, I just don't like, she just, there just isn't enough. She doesn't make for good enough television for her to end up being the final two. And I, that's part of the show, right? So even if he does feel like she's the one, like one or two, I don't think that the producers will move her forward. Yeah, the back of that dress was fantastic. Wasn't it amazing? It was stunning. Yeah. Okay. Episode like in that. a what, What's that? <laughs> I had a back like that. I'd wear that dress every day. Right? It's just like <laughs> me and my office in COVID world and this like amazing dress. <laughs> if I had that back, right? Um, okay. Episode in a sentence. I didn't prep anything for episode in a sentence. I was like, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. It was, it was a little blase and a little blah, a little boring comparatively, but also they managed to, this is more than a sentence. That's Kim, okay. you go, you go. I have, come up with something I have a sentence. Um, my sentence is Tasha's interns did it better. Love it. I like it. I like it. Um, um, who will be the next bachelorette? Ooh, because do not, don't they just pull from these last few women often? And I just don't see Brie being our next bachelorette. So what I had heard was in the Instagram universe that Katie was originally going to be the next bachelorette, but after everything with Chris Harrison and with Rachel, they're going with a different direction. So I bet it will be. I wonder if it'll be Brie or if it will be, um, who is the wonderful girl from North Carolina that came in the, Kaylee, Kylie? Um, Kaylee. Oh, I liked her. Yeah. One of them. Um, I also really liked Abigail. Yes. Um, and I think Ab Abigail would make a really nice bachelorette. Also, um, she's got some things that would, uh, entice viewers to watch. So, mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and help the Bachelor producers look better than they look right now. Yeah. How so, did that, how did Rachel make the cut? Like, Gen Z TikTokers knew what was up with Rachel before Bachelor producers knew what, what was up with Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe they knew exactly what they were doing. I don't mm -hmm. know. Um. I am intrigued by next week. Um, it's going to be the women tell all. It's going to get loud. I think 
I'm curious about Matt's beard. I think he should never grow that beard again. Um, I'm, I'm piqued by this idea that Serena P is recognizing her feelings now that she's had some time away. Um, and so I, my, my ending sentence is going to be, don't it always seem to go? You don't know what you got till it's gone. (laughs) That's awesome. So, um, this was great. I had so much fun. It's like, you know, sitting around talking with girlfriends. Um, any last shout outs, Emily? I, I just like, I want to first like real quick shout out to my husband because when I told him what, you know, I'm married to, you know, a circa 1983 Caucasian man. Right. But when I told him there was going to be a black bachelor, he was like, so you're going to watch it. Right. Like he was so supportive. And like, every time we watch it, uh, I do a postmortem with him and I'm like, and he feigns interest and God love him for that. So that's my shout out. And thanks for having me on. It was awesome. I love that he watches it with you. Uh, so my husband will catch the highlights of it with me, but I watch it with two two girlfriends uh, that I work closely with. So we're kind of in our COVID bubble together. Yeah. Um, anyway, and uh, and trying to be safe, but also, you know, desperate for adult contact. Yep. Absolutely. And Kim, <laughs> thanks for being such an awesome co-host today. Any any last words from you? I mean, that beard. That beard. <laughs> I, I, I almost screamed out. I, I might have made a noise when he walked out because I was like, you're not James Harden. Why are you trying to be James Harden? So uh, it's not, I, it, I, hope, I hope part of the episode next week is like Victoria with her the back of her bra showing in all its glory shaving his beard off of his face just like 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 the noah stash oh yeah like we can recreate that scene i love it maybe taisha can come back and shave it off i don't care (laughs) i love that well that's what we got this week folks also i think dale and claire might be rekindling the romance So, you know, keep your eyes out, folks. Um, That was another episode of (laughs) Bachadamia. You've been listening to Bachadamia with your hosts, Drs. Daniel Dick McGue and Bill Henniger. All opinions expressed on this show are solely the opinion of the person who spoke them. If you like our podcast, please consider following us, leaving us a five-star rating, and a positive review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, please share with your friends, family, and other ardent Bachelor content lovers. If you have comments or questions you would like us to address on the show, you can email us at bachadamia at gmail.com or on the Twitter with the handle at bachadamia. Thanks for listening.